How's it going, everybody? So, it's like almost 2.30 in the morning. The last couple days have been migraine days for me. But I'm about to go to bed. But before so, I wanted to talk about Stephen King movies. Why, you may ask? Well, in case you didn't know, we just got a new uh, adaptation of a Stephen King story, uh, Firestarter. It... Uh, premiered in theaters and on streaming uh, on the same day. I have not watched it yet. Um, but I hope to get around to it at some point. Just because I would like to give my actual thoughts on the film itself. But I'm gonna gauge that I'm probably not gonna like it. Probably. Um... Which is kind of why I wanted to do this podcast. You know, which I've done several podcasts about Stephen King's uh, works that have been made into movies uh, in the past. But we'll just uh, add this to the continuation of that, I guess. Um, but, um, yeah, so... There is what you would call the dynamic of good Stephen King adaptations and bad Stephen King adaptations. And there's very little middle ground. There's maybe like, maybe two or three that aren't terrible, but they're also not great. But they're not bad. They're just not as good as they could have been. But the vast majority of Stephen King movies are either amazing or really kind of just you don't want to really watch that one so you know in the good pile we have it from 2017 and it chapter 2 from 2019 we've got the Shawshank Redemption and Stand By Me we've got uh, The Shining and Doctor Sleep um, The Green Mile um, those are just a handful in the good pile. The bad pile. We have the new Pet Cemetery uh, remake. Um, we have The Running Man. We have Dreamcatcher. Um, and we have Firestarter. And Firestarter. In the middle ground... Oh, can't forget about Dark Tower. Dark Tower is not a great one, too. I enjoy elements of it, though, so I'm a little bit more forgiving of the Dark Tower. It's not a good movie, though. But then in the middle ground, like I said, we have those two or three movies that are in the middle. The original Pet Cemetery movie is in the middle. To me, it is not in the good category of Stephen King movies, but it's not a bad movie. It's just, it's all right. So we got Pet Cemetery, the original one. Also in that category, we've got uh, The Mist with Thomas Jane. I really enjoy that movie. It's one of those movies that I have to be in a very specific mood. But when I'm in that mood, that, like, you know, and even Stephen King has come out saying that they love the change um, to the ending that they did, which I think is very um, melodramatic, kind of. Uh, I didn't like it so much. Especially knowing what the ending in the book is. I haven't read it, but I had a friend who read it that told me what it is. 
Um, and apt pupil. I would put in not great, but not bad. Different than the source material, but really good. It's a really enjoyable movie. Brian Singer did a great job with that. So, you know, apt pupil, pet cemetery, um, and um, I just forgot the other one that I mentioned. But those are in the middle. Oh, The Mist. Those are in the middle ground. The vast majority of other Stephen King movies are great or awful. And I really wanted Firestarter to be good. Because here's the thing. I don't think Firestarter is that great of a movie. It's very cheesy, as a lot of people that are going back to watch the original before this one came out have noted in their reviews. The beginning of Firestarter is great. The ending of Firestarter is even better. But there's this middle chunk of the original movie with Drew Barrymore. Very, very young Drew Barrymore. There's that middle part of the movie that is boring as all hell. And that's the nice way to put it. And I really thought of all of his movies or stories, and especially ones that we haven't seen remakes in for a while, I really thought Firestarter would be a great one. And Zac Efron is a great actor. I'm like, oh yeah, he would be great to play the dad. You know, find a new upcoming young like little actress, you know, don't go after a kid that's well known. Go after somebody that that's that that they can you can use this movie to kind of springboard their their career. Get a good script. Get somebody who you know does a really good adaptation of the story and make that into a movie. You know, we're in a Stephen King renaissance right now with the success of the It movies. You know, we've gotten both It movies. We've gotten the Pet Cemetery remake, which wasn't great. You know, we got Doctor Sleep. Now we've got Firestarter. Um, of course, we got the Dark Tower as well in the mix. Um, and then the next one we're getting is Salem's Lot, which Andy Muschietti, who did the It movies, is doing Salem's Lot. And let me tell you. I have all the faith in the world that he's going to knock this out of the park. If the It movies are any... I believe it's Andy that's doing it. Hold on, let me... I'm going to look that up. Suddenly my brain went... Are you sure it's him? I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure it's him. Um, let me see. Um, no, it is... I guess it's not him. Good thing I looked it up. He's doing The Flash. That's what he's doing. That's why his name was coming to mind. Who's doing Salem's Lot? Um, Gary Doberman. Gary Doberman is doing Salem's Lot. Um, who wrote the screenplay for it. That's what it was. I knew there was an in connection. I knew there was an in connection. But I guess this is only his second film. His first film that he directed was Annabelle Comes Home, which was a great, that was a great movie. Um, I like the, I like the second two Annabelle movies much better than the first one. Um, so hopefully he'll do a good job with it, but Salem's Law I'm really looking forward to. Salem's Law was one of those movies when I was trying to 
There was a period where I watched every single Stephen King movie, except a handful I still haven't gotten around to. I haven't watched The Running Man. I haven't watched some of the lower tier Stephen King adaptations. I haven't gone back and watched. But I was going back and rewatching all of Stephen King's stories that were made into movies. And I remember watching Salem's Lot thinking, there's a lot of good in this story. Just like the original It movie with Tim Curry, it was a TV film. So it was done into two part it was done in two parts. I think they played it over two nights. You know, one half one night. And then the the, the cut that we have today on DVD or Blu-ray, they splice together. So it's like, you know, one one big thing, but really it's two parts. Um it's just it's very long and it drags in bits. But you can tell when you're watching Salem's Lot, there is good here. And the second half, or part two, is a lot better than part one. Um, That's when you really get into a lot of interesting... Of course, there's imagery that you hear a lot of people talk about. Um, You know, like in the bedroom. If you know what I'm talking about, you know. But there's a lot of things that are just very iconic. And you can totally get why this has stuck with people whether it was you know being at an age where when this aired on tv and people saw it or if you read the book so i've always hoped that someone would get around to doing salem's lot again with the technology that we have today and and you know in the modern era of film um so i'm excited for that but you know But the fact that, you know, I'm having this kind of conversation just sort of makes me wonder. It's like, you know, Stephen King, in my opinion, is one of the most important, well-written authors that we have in modern day. I mean, he is still chunking out stories left and right. And all the people that I know that are reading his books say that he, he hasn't missed a beat. That he's he's just as good, if not better, than he ever has been. You know, there's still some of his stories that I need to get around to reading. Like, I haven't read The Institute. I haven't read um, um, the one that the HBO show is based on of the same name. I can't remember the name of it. But that was really good too as far as Stephen King adaptations. It's not a movie, but that that turned out to be a really good show. Um with Ben Mendelsohn and the entire cast of that. Um but you know why is it so hard when you have such a, you know, usually usually again, usually if a movie turns out not so great it's usually because there's not much source material there maybe it's a bad screenplay or maybe even just the source material itself there just isn't as much meat there as you thought there was but that's not the case with Stephen King man I have read enough of his stories myself and to know that no he's really dialed into his writing like he he gives you tons of descriptors. 
there is no way that any intelligible screenplay writer should fuck up what King has done. And so how do you go from all of these great works to some of these piss poor adaptations, you know, um, you know, the fact that, I mean, really, I would say the jump from good films went from the Green Mile, probably, I believe that was the most recent one, to the Mist, to It 2017. Those are some big gaps in between those good films. And there were tons of Stephen King adaptations between them. I mean, we got Dreamcatcher, we've got all sorts of other things, but I'm talking about the, the ones that last. Why is it so hard? Why is it so hard for people to take the time to do his work justice? Because it really infuriates me. Because... As far as authors that are still living and not dead, Stephen King is my number one favorite storyteller. You know, the only person above him for me is J.R. Tolkien. I'm a big Tolkien guy. So, you know, but it goes Tolkien, King. They are my, when it comes to reading books, I love them. And then in third place, there's an author that I really like. Her name is, um, and I'm just blinking on her name, Claudia Gray. Claudia Gray. I haven't read any of her original work, but I love the stuff that she's doing with Disney, with Star Wars. I highly recommend picking up Lost Stars or uh, Master and Apprentice if you're interested in reading some of her work. Um, But... Yeah, you know, why is it so hard to do King? I just don't understand it. I really, really don't understand it. And I hope that, you know, um, because I'm going to say something, I'm going to say something odd. There's potential for every single one of Stephen King's stories to make good movies. Every movie of his should be a misery or a Shawshank Redemption, or a Stand by Me, or an It, or a Doctor Sleep, or a Shine, or The Shining, but they're just not, you know. And you know, whether it's Universal or Warner Brothers or who, whatever studio is making the movie, I I just hope that they wouldn't use King as just a a cash grab because that is such a um I feel like it's a slap in the face you know I mean I mean look I'm sure he gets a little bit of royalties when stuff like this happens I mean I don't know how much he gets so I don't know if he you know made anything off of Firestarter being made again Hopefully he did. So, I mean, if nothing else, hopefully he got a paycheck that he normally wouldn't have gotten. But other than that, it's, for me, 
I feel like he's the kind of person that cares more about his babies or his his works being treated with respect more than he does about a paycheck coming in. And, and I know that if I was him, I would feel really embarrassed to have my name attached to something that is so egregious. You know, it's like, no, that is not my story. They can say it's an adaptation of my story. They can say everything that they want. But that, that is not my story. They completely bastardized it, you know. Um, And I know that he's felt that way about a bunch of the movies that have come out over the years, you know. He hasn't been a fan of everything, you know. Um, But I think he likes Dr. Sleep. Because I think Dr. Sleep fixes a lot of the things. It bridges the world of what Kubrick did with The Shining, which was a complete slap in the face to the actual story. But what Mike Flanagan did with Dr. Sleep bridged the gap between the book universe and the film universe in this really beautiful, magnetic way. I love Dr. Sleep. The only conundrum with Dr. Sleep is as good of a movie it is, because I do put it in the great pile, is I would never watch Dr. Sleep on its own. If I'm watching Dr. Sleep, I want to watch The Shining beforehand. Because it's such a, like, there's just something about it, you know? It's just like, I want, I want the full story. I feel like I'm only getting part of the story if I'm only watching one you know it's not like an Avengers movie for me or something where I can just pick one up and watch it and you know not worry about you know something else you know um but I'm not way with like the Lord of the Rings trilogy too it's like I can watch Fellowship and be fine and I can watch Return of the King and be fine but if I watch Two Towers I have to watch Fellowship and I have to watch Return of the King. I can't just watch Two Towers. Because it's the middle one. It's like, well... Because then I start thinking, if I watch Two Towers, I'm like, well, I want to watch Fellowship. Okay, well, I watch Fellowship. I might as well just watch Return of the King and just see see how it ends, you know? Uh, But I can watch the beginning and I can watch the end, but... So it's kind of one of those weird things. I'm weird with movies sometimes like that, you know? Um, but yeah, you know, I just, I'm, I'm ready to see some good Stephen King adaptations. I hope Salem's Lot will be another movie in a good direction. And, um, I know there's some other adaptations that are being worked on too, but I can't remember which ones, but I, I hope they're good. I hope eventually someone does an Apt Pupil remake. Because I think you can do much better than what Brian Singer did. I wouldn't mind... I wouldn't touch Shawshank Redemption for a long time. Because that movie is... Legit near perfection. Shawshank Redemption and It 2017... Are legit perfect movies. I would not change a single thing about either of them. Um, I love Misery. I love Christine. 
Those are really fun movies. Um, you know. But again, you can do Misery again, but are you going to do better than James Caan and Kathy Bates? That's such an... That's so, so iconic, you know. Um, there's just a lot of things, you know. Like, But I do want to see... You know, I know that the Institute is up to be made into a movie. I don't remember who the director is or if they've said who's doing it or anything like that, but I know the rights are out there for it to be made into a movie. So we'll have to see. But um, yeah, I just want to talk about Stephen King for a little bit because I'm just bummed that Firestarter turned out to be uh, a, a small spark. Instead of a big flame. So, uh, thanks for listening. I'll see you in the next podcast. Peace out.